only gonna do this one time. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Squares Podcast, podcast about fashion. I am your host, Wallow, and this is episode, I don't know, like 20 or something like that. Maybe it's 19. I don't know. But uh, glad to have you as always. Don't forget uh, the phone number for the voicemail line. Call in, leave a comment, leave a question, something that's on your mind. Uh, It's 201-822-1128, 201-822-1128. Call your boy. Um, Also, of course, you can hit the website, uh, worldwideundercurrent.com, and check out stuff we talk about. And we're going to do some revamping on that, too, but... Yeah, check it out. The dominant fashion news of the week is obviously pretty somber. Um, The passing of Kate Spade, who apparently died, well, so far it appears he died by suicide. Uh, Her name was... Catherine Noel Brosnahan, but we know her as Kate Spade. Kate Spade uh, was 55. She came up in the fashion time where, in the 90s, where handbags were still pretty pretentious items and there wasn't the amount of diversity that there is now in the handbag game. She was a little, well, I won't say dissatisfied, but she wasn't fully satisfied with the current state of bags at that time and she sought to do something about it so she her husband uh, I think his name is Andy Spade and another lady named Elise put together Kate Spade and got it going relatively quickly and they had some early on success I think they started out one of their first big stores to be put in was Barney's in New York which is a big deal. Uh, Now, she started off actually being a writer, but she ended up going into making bags. And then, obviously, we know the company blew up into a lifestyle brand. Kate Spade is a fashion icon, we can say. Yeah, we can say that. When When I heard about this, I try to always... Think of what I can learn from people and what I can take from folks. I'm not going to pretend that I know everything about what took place when she began making bags and when she began coming up in the ranks. When she did, though, handbags were pretty pretentious things and they were pretty stuffy things. They came with heritage. They came with legacy. And all that was incorporated into handbags. She comes along with less heritage, purposefully, into her bags. More fun, unpretentious, whimsical even, perhaps. And she wanted to change the aesthetic around handbags. She didn't always want to have such a serious handbag on, but she still wanted to still be nice and still look good. So she stepped in and did that. Now, when you're doing things like that, you're bound to run into hurdles when you're breaking new ground. So I don't know, like I said, her whole exact come up story and the details or the minutia of it, 
But I can imagine she faced some hurdles when she introduced these fun, these bright, these whimsical handbags. And it reminds me that when you're progressing in life and when you want to do things that are pioneering, groundbreaking, you got to expect the hurdles. People are going to often discount something initially, especially if it's unfamiliar. And I'm sure Kate Spade had to deal with maybe people not taking her bags as serious or some of the more established folks not taking her bags as serious. But she was just good at what she did and she was able to obviously be business savvy and um, get the bags into the public eye. And from that point on, the talent took over. Um, so I can't, like I said, speak to exactly the, the struggles, but I'm sure there were some there. And I think that's something that I'm reminded of when I think of Kate Spade. I don't have a great deal of history with her. I mean, I've bought some things for like my girl um, from Kate Spade, but I, I will say this too. She used to put very nice spins on different pieces. I remember a few years back, there was some Kate Spade and uh, Kate Spade Keds collaboration that I thought was really good. Now, actually, let me put this out there. She was no longer affiliated with the company. Her, her <coughs> pardon me. Her and her husband sold their shares of the company back in 1999, I believe, or something like that. So they were no longer even tied to it. And then the company was sold again. Um, who bought it from Kate Spade? And then I want to say it was, uh, I don't remember. But then it was sold to like Liz Claiborne Group or something like that. And then, but now it's under, I think, Kate Spade and company or something like that, Holdings. But nonetheless, she isn't involved in it still, but it still carries on the ethos and the spirit of what she was trying to do. So they still pretty much live by that, and they still will acknowledge Kate Spade in that um, business. And she won some awards. She won Accessories Designer of the Year, I believe, a couple times, and some other ones from the uh, CFDA. So she was obviously doing well, and that spirit of hers that she put into the company carried along with it and you can see some of the fun designs that they still come up with and even things that are not even always fun but they're just unassuming and they have a lightheartedness to them even if they're sleek even if they're sharp and well designed or colorful so she did a great job with that and I mean it's the same I think she was working on some other accessories if I'm not mistaken I think I read that somewhere but we'll never really get to see, you know, more from her, but kudos to her. So obviously wish the family well and wish them peace and comfort in a situation I can't imagine what it feels like to, to deal with. So uh, love the Kate Spade and family. All right, a couple of days ago, the CFDA, Council of Fashion Designers of America, had their awards in Brooklyn, New York, which if you tell that to anybody who left there in 1999, they'd be pretty surprised that some awards were had there. But it's gentrified now. They got the Brooklyn Nets, right? The Barclays Center. Such is life. That's where they were held. Let's go through a couple things that um, stood out. Some folks you might know, might have heard of. 
Also, shout out to my man Fabulous, who became an ambassador, a men's ambassador for the CFDA last year, I believe, or maybe the year before. No, I'm pretty sure it was last year. Uh, even though, let me back up, because I don't even know if I should be aligning myself with Fabulous right now. This podcast might take a turn for the worse. So I'm backing out of that. The awards were held. Let's start with Accessories Designer of the Year. Now that went to Ashley and Mary Kate Olsen of The Row. You guys are probably going to remember them first from Full House. Unless you're 16 listening to this. You remember them from Full House. They came up there and now they're making clothes and accessories and their company is The Row. I don't want to make light of this and especially with me just talking about Kate Spade but why do they never look happy I, I need I challenge somebody to find a photo op of them two together at some award or any public appearance and they look happy they never do I need them to be a little more excited about the places they're going so they won accessory designer of the year now if you go to their the row website and look at what they have I mean there's some eyewear on there but I mean is there really eyewear on here there's a few different um, pairs of sunglasses they're not incredible they're not mountain moving they've got some handbags on here and I suspect this may be what won them this award I am probably not the person best qualified to talk about handbags but I'm marginally qualified and some of these are pretty solid but I have to imagine that somebody made some better ones in 2017 I just do but I could be wrong so nonetheless they won it and they were not happy about it because the pictures they take look like they want more kudos to them though the international award Donatella Versace and again, I'm not going to pretend that I even know what the international award criteria is and what it encompasses. I was just happy to see Donatella Versace up there because she was the one that took a chance on my boy Bimbery to be that creative director over there. And he's making the Versace chain link shoes. He's got them all over the place. He's got all the different kinds of uh, rappers wearing them. He's got everybody wearing them. I mean... It's for the culture. Shout out to him. So Donatella is getting awarded because she's making great decisions. That's what I look at it as. She's making great hiring decisions and she's making them in different countries. And that's international. International enough for me. Um, let's see. Fashion Icon Award, Naomi Campbell. I was just telling my friends how much I still love Naomi Campbell. I she can do no wrong, man. She can do no wrong. Uh, Influencer Award. 
Kim Kardashian West. Look at that. That's something we all probably knew anyway. That was announced ahead of time. And uh, obviously Issa Rae was there. Look up Issa Rae. Yeah, you'll see why I mentioned that with Kim Kardashian. Raph Simmons of Calvin Klein won Women's Wear Designer of the Year. Threw me for a loop. Because I don't know a lot of women who rock Calvin Klein. So, he must be doing some really phenomenal things that are flying way under my culture's radar. Because they don't cover a lot of Calvin Klein. And I guess that doesn't mean that he can't win it. But I'm going to show you in a second why I'm a little surprised once I make a juxtaposition. So, like I said, it's not a sales event. He can still win it. But I don't know a lot of women from my culture who wear a lot of Calvin Klein. If they do, it must fly under the radar. And I just can't tell. But at the same time, too, a lot of the stuff for Calvin Klein is... I use this term because I don't know a better way to put it, but it's kind of more everyday clothing. And that clothing isn't made necessarily to stand out. It can, but it has less mm, flair to it. And so there could be reasons in which they selected him and that he won that I'm unaware of, clearly. But here's the thing, though. Follow me. The menswear designer that won, menswear designer of the year, James Jebbia from, we've talked about this, Supreme. Supreme, hella buzzworthy. Super buzzworthy. Collaborating with everybody. All over the place. And so it seems like that matters or that should be taken into account. So if the men's one is a super buzzy brand, it, it throws me off a little bit for Calvin Klein to be such a more subdued selection or a brand that gets selected. Listen, they make the rules, they pick what they want to pick. That's the conclusion I've come to. If you make the rules, you pick who you want to pick. And that's something that, and I don't want to get into a place where I start really, really caring about these awards. Because by and large, my motto in life is not to care about award shows. I don't do it for the Grammys. I don't do it for the Oscars. I don't do it for the Tonys. I don't do it for the Emmys. None of them. Because sometimes you just have to make a decision of whether or not you're going to care. And not to say that the people who make this art should not care they probably should and I can't tell them what this stuff means to them so this award could very well mean a lot and it matters but for me the consumer and this is where I get that philosophy from I've watched the Grammys way too many times to care about award shows I know that people win who probably shouldn't win or people win who my walk of life 
would see no way that these people will win. So there's going to be discrepancies sometimes in award shows. And none of that stuff ever changes how I feel about the art that I like or that I enjoy. So let's just say it won't change how I enjoy clothing or don't enjoy clothing. But hopefully it matters to them and they like it and they enjoy it. And it's nice to be recognized. Hopefully the people who weren't recognized, though, are not upset or overlooked. Oh, oh, oh. I got to bring this up. One more person. One more thing. I thought I, I, thought I was done. The Swarovski Award for Positive Change went to Diane Von Furstenberg. A name that plenty of people know, I'm sure. Diane Von Furstenberg. Rings a bell, right? Pretty powerful woman. Um, big in fashion. Here's the thing. Didn't I just say I don't care about fashion awards, right? And I don't care about awards in general for a reason. Now, this is the Council of Fashion Designers of America Awards, right? Diane wins an award for positive change. She's the president of the Council of Fashion Designers of America. Come on now. You can't win. You can't win this award anymore. You just can't. We can't give this to you. You're the chairman. You are the president of the Council of Fashion Designers of America. We can't be giving you awards at the Council of Fashion Design of America award show. Can't do it. We got to pick from the crop of people who are not working in the company. We cannot give it to someone in the company. So this is why I take award shows a lot of times with a grain of salt. It's an opportunity to dress up. That's what these should be called. Opportunities to dress up. So you should have like on the calendar instead of it saying like, you know, Grammys or whatever, it should say opportunity number three for 2018. You know, and then this one would be opportunity like number eight. It's in June. I'm sure we've had multiple award shows before now. But that's what these things are. And people work hard. Don't get me wrong. People do work hard in life. But I'm just saying. The way that we honor these folks sometimes with the awards can be a little head-scratching, a little dubious. Okay, now I'm just going to ramble a little bit and get some fashion, fashion thoughts off my mind or some confessions or whatever things I've seen, whatever it may be. I want to start with the clothing line Bape. They just unleashed, is the verb that's being used, unleashed their double shark hoodie. So, you know Bape, camo. It's all the stuff that Pharrell was wearing in like 2004, something like that. You guys are familiar. And I'm sure you've seen the all the way, well, the hoodies that zip up all the way. And they have the shark teeth on the hood and the eye or whatever. They have a double hoodie. So it's two hoods. Two. For what? For what? You can only wear one hood technically at a time. You can put them both on, but it still feels like one hood on your head. Otherwise, it just may make your head a little heavier. And unless you're trying to get a neck 
like Jean-Claude Van Damme or something, then why do you need two hoods? You don't. It's getting kind of ridiculous. This reminds me of that fashion show when Balenciaga had those people walking around with all those coats on. What are we doing? So they're unleashing that. I'm not sure why, but they are doing that. Um, oh, I saw some amazing, amazing Nike Vapor Max Plus shoes that were like American. And I want to tell you that now because you should probably get them for 4th of July. They look incredible. They kind of fade even on the bottom. It's like the bottom where the bubbles are. Um, it's actually like the Nike Air Max Plus shoe and then like the bottom has the Vapor Max sole. But that shoe is incredible and 4th of July is coming up and I need somebody to have them. I probably won't buy them, but I want somebody to have them. So y'all should go check those out. And speaking of Air Maxes, I am coming around on the Air Max 270s. When I first saw them, I was like, eh, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's an Air Max. It's something. But I've seen a couple colorways that are starting to blow my mind. And I think the problem initially was the colorways weren't that strong. And I think what they were trying to do, though, is make mm, the teal black and white the iconic version of that shoe. So they were trying to make it like the version that everybody's going to know. So like when you think of the Air Max um, like 95s, what color do you think of? You probably think of that black like sole and it fades to gray as you go up the shoe and then the neon color on the shoe was like a neon green or whatever and I think what they're trying to do like for the Vapor Max they had like black there was a white and then teal on the shoe and they were trying to make that like the calling color so to speak of that shoe but yeah so I'm coming around on those. I've seen a couple different variations of it. And it looks like Nike's put a lot of stock into it. And they're trying to push it. I want to see if it catches on. It hasn't caught on as much as I thought it will. But I'm starting to like it. I'm starting to like it a lot. Now, I'm not sure if I talked about this on here on this podcast. And guess what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to go back and listen to all the episodes I did. So if I talked about it, sue me. But the World Cup is coming up this year. And for those of you who don't know, I like soccer a lot. And a few years back, I used to buy a bunch of soccer jerseys. Now, why am I talking about that? Because they change the jerseys all the time. And I think that's pretty dope they change jerseys every year I mean it it's costly for the fans because they pretty much buy new jerseys all the time so it's brilliant marketing for the companies but nonetheless so the countries are gonna rock their new jerseys this year even though the World Cup only comes around every four years Nigeria's jersey is so fire so fire matter of fact it's so fire that it surpassed all of the 
expectations that Nike had for purchases. They set a record, actually, for selling that jersey. Well, at least that's what they claim. Um, they said it was released, like, barely after it was released to the public, it was sold out. And they said that it was, you know, truly hard to get, even before it was released. And they said they broke some record. I don't know if that's true or whatever the record was. But you're going to be seeing some of that Nigerian jersey all over the place. Um, me? I don't have it. I may just buy the swim trucks and go, I may just buy the swim trunks and go left field on everybody just like that. Got y'all. All right. So also one of my favorite, favorite companies, I probably should own some sort of stock in them, but I don't. Vans has a collection drop in Friday for all of you cosplay. Well, I wouldn't say cosplay, but superhero fans. Maybe you can wear these with your costume. Some stylish version of a costume. They have a Marvel collection coming out this Friday. So you're going to get the opportunity to buy your favorite superhero, Spider-Man or something like that, on some Vans slip-ons. Or you're going to get a chance to buy some Deadpool arrow joints. You know, a bunch of comic faces on them. They got some Thor. These Thor slip-ons are kind of funny. I'm sorry, not Thor. Hulk. Slip-ons are kind of funny. They got like his shoe. I mean, his foot is breaking out the shoe. Um, But a checker pattern on the front of it. Kind of cool. They got a pair with Thor wings on the side. Um, It's the, uh, shoot, I always forget the name of this this van. I can't think of it. But it has the one line. So you know the high top vans everybody wears with the one line squiggly on the side. They got a low top version. um, But the squiggly line has a wing attached to it. It's the Thor wings or whatnot. Pretty creative. I mean, it's a creative collection. I, I give them that. I personally like, oh, of course, the Black Panther version. It's just a black high top van, but it's got the little, uh, like how Black Panther's necklace is, the teeth, I'm gonna call it, at the top of the eyelets, around the eyelets at the top of the van's high top. So I think that's pretty dope. Um, still all black. Kind of dope, kind of crazy. So keep an eye out for it. If you if you want to cop, go ahead, get involved now. Uh, like I said, it drops Friday. And you can probably check online or if you have a van store near where you live, you know, feel free to jump in there and get on that. But take a look. I'll post some pictures up too, of course. But Vans has been bringing it lately. I mean, I listen, the Tribe Called Quest collaboration... This collaboration? You're doing well, Vans. Congratulations. Kudos to you. Oh. Um, Converse just dropped um, a Miley Cyrus design pride collection. And there is a pair of shoes in there. Well, let me actually give the full backstory. They dropped their pride collection, and all the proceeds will go toward LGBTQ. Um, 
youth communities around the globe. And I think they partnered with uh, Happy Hippie Foundation, something like that. But there's a pair of Chuck Taylors in there with a rainbow bottom, but it's a platform bottom. These are going to be all over the place. I'm going to give you a heads up. They are pretty cool, actually. And they got the Happy Hippie circle on the outside ankle. Um... Miley did a pretty good job with this collection. I gotta say. It's kind of dope. And they got some shirts in there too. And there's some pants and jogging stuff. Um, the shirts aren't bad either, honestly. They're just polka dots with different colors or whatnot. And the uh, polka dots have like some sort of, I don't know, glitter or fabric on them. I can't fully tell. But I mean, the collection is pretty cool so I mean she did a good job who knew Molly had it in her I never really gave her much credit for being um, great fashion wise or designer but who knows how much Converse had to do with it too they might have made some tweaks themselves I don't know I'm gonna take credit from it I'm gonna let her have it shout out to Molly she can have it all day alright I actually think that's pretty much all I got uh, this week so I'm about to get out of here and try to run or something be active be productive with my own life and be healthy so uh, thanks for tuning in and don't forget uh, feel free to leave a voicemail 201-822-1128 love to hear from you crit take us out <laughs>